Hello and welcome into another episode of Podcast 63 here with Buck and Lou. It is season four, episode 10. Um, if you missed it last week, uh, we did talk about the Loyola Ramblers moving to the A10. So if you were hoping that you were going to listen to us talk about that, we've already done an episode about it. So go back and listen to it and then come back and listen to this episode. In this episode, we're going to talk about the two games we had this last week, um, two wins. And then we're going to talk uh, about our MTE tournament coming up here this week. Uh, so we'll give a little preview of the Michigan State game and then talk a little bit about, like, some of our other potential opponents and uh, who we might see in those uh, in those games. But, um, Lou, unfortunately, we were not invited to come with the team this year uh, to battle for Atlanta. So, um, what are you do? Are you doing anything this week to kind of get yourself in that like mindset of like tropical vibes or are you just like mad at the team and you don't want to talk to talk about it? No, I bought myself a nice bucket of sand, uh, from Home Depot and I'm sipping on a pina colada the rest of the week. Um, and I'm trying to find a good, uh, kind of Bahamas cuisine nearby. So I want to really immerse myself. Um, if anyone knows of a dolphin, I might head to the shared aquarium, but, um, that's all I need next. But no, I I think what's been exciting is that we've been starting to own the city. And that's what we saw this last uh, week with our, both our, uh, city companions in Chicago state and UIC. We do have another city. Uh, we have two actually city teams we'll be playing, uh, DePaul soon and then Roosevelt. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, no excited, but, uh, sipping on this pina colada and I'm excited to talk more. We might, uh, we need, might need some pina coladas either to celebrate or mourn our team after this week. So we'll get into that a little bit at the end and talk about what our Ramblers are going to do down in the Bahamas. Um, but for now, uh, do not touch that podcast button and always remember, never forget, go Blurs. He jumps, he passes out to Hunter, Hunter shoots off the rim, Brown gets the score. It's over, it's over. We won, we won the ball game. And we are back. Uh, So let's start at the beginning. Uh, Before we get to the games, we do have uh, one piece of news. Um, We had one of our guys crowned the newcomer of the week, which I say that with some intonation in my voice because he probably should have been more than just the, the newcomer of the week. Oh, uh, uh, let, let's just yeah. say it. It is ridiculous that the Valley does this. He is not just a newcomer. He is player of the week caliber, and that's big bro. It's just crazy, Buck. It's crazy. It's, yeah, I, I like, I didn't even think. I honestly, like, we were talking about this before. I went on Twitter today and was looking at stuff, and I was like, oh, he got newcomer of the week. Awesome. And then when we started talking, you were like, yeah, it's like garbage that he didn't get player of the week. And it is. They gave it to Trey Burhow from Northern Iowa, who scored 23 points in a loss to Arizona. Yeah, Arizona's ranked. They're number 16. But he only played one Arkansas, game. Arkansas, sorry. They, oh, did, what, did I say Oklahoma? What did I say? You said Arizona. Oh, yeah, Arkansas, Arkansas, Razorbacks. But, yeah, yeah so they, they lost the game. And I could see if they would have won, like, maybe, but... It's just so dumb. It is. It's like, you know, Schwieger had such a great game, two great games, 22 points, so efficient. I think the, the Valley tweeted, too, he did, he scored 44 points in 47 minutes. Like, And it was obvious, too, like in that second game, and we'll talk about it later, too, but just how important he was to the team. So, um, But still, <laughs> big congrats. 
um, to Ryan. Like, obviously, super cool, but uh, yeah, Lou, is there anything else you need to air out about that? I feel like you maybe need uh, like 30 more seconds to talk about how garbage it is. Well, yeah, it's maybe a reason why we're leaving the Valley. We won't talk about that. But you know what? I think it just, in my opinion, it's a great thing. Ryan, what, this is, was this the second full week, second right? One, yeah. The second full week. Uh, the fact that he's getting them on early, he's feeling comfortable. I think it just says, okay, then keep doing it. Make them give you, like, you have to put them in a situation where they just give you player of the week because if you keep up this caliber level, which I think anyone on this roster could, especially when it comes to Valley playing time. Um, but, Again, yeah, again, maybe we have to be grateful for what we get. I just know the Valley's done this before, and this is the first time with Loyola uh, transfer, a.k.a. Andre Jackson, they used to do this too. So it's just a little annoying. I think he's definitely deserving of the Player of the Week. But any awards, I think, are, are not the main goal of some of these guys. It's more the what award you're holding up at the end of the season. So excited as always. And, again, loving the performance, which we'll talk more in the, over the next two game recaps here. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, big congrats to him. Hopefully many more and hopefully player of the week rather than newcomer of the week. Um, so the first game of the week was, uh, on Tuesday or Wednesday? Was it? Tuesday. 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 Thank you. Um, against Chicago State, um, our third home game at the time. Um, Chicago State was coming in. Obviously they're not, they've never really had a great season, but they were 2-0. They had, beaten two Division One basketball teams uh, coming into this. So, um, you know, you got to respect that for sure. Uh, another city opponent, so there's always going to be some tension there. Um, and uh, I think we did what we had hoped we would do, and that's winning pretty big. Um, although both of us kind of agreed it didn't feel like that big. Uh, maybe that's because there was a lot of kind of chippiness. Uh, there was definitely some... Uh, some words said from both sides, you know, different times made baskets, tough fouls, stuff like that. Um, it did get a little chippy, I feel like, at times. So maybe that's why it just kind of felt a little closer. Um, I also remember there was a very, um, let's just say excited Chicago State fan very close to me. And I was like, do you see the score? Like, yeah, you're hitting threes, but <laughs> we're up big. Anyway, enough about me. Um, going to the box score here, uh, our leading scorer was Ryan Schweiger, um, with 22 points. He also had two rebounds, three assists, a steal, and a block. Um, the dude was just on fire. He was five for six from the floor. He was four or five from three. And he made all eight of his free throws, which is just incredible. And you love to see it. Um, so props to him. Other, some other good games in this as well. I would say Huddy definitely had his best game of the season. Um, he had 15 points, two rebounds um, in 17 minutes played. Do really want to see him make those free throws. He was one of three, but um, still very, very good game uh, for him. And uh, especially kind of against the competition. I mean, I know they're not a great team, but um, they uh, they let him go to work and let him kind of pull some post moves and, there was a couple that looked really nice, so um, I'm sure Lou, you'll have more to come about Huddy. Uh, my last note, I thought um, I thought Ubach played pretty well, um, and some of those guys didn't really play all that much. Uh, Ubach and Lucas only played 19 and 20 minutes at each. Um, same with Braden, only 25 minutes, which is kind of low for him. So there was just kind of something else I noticed um, in this game. Uh, lots of time for. Other guys off the bench. And welcome back to Keith Clemens. 
Um, Lou, what else, what else you got? I know you probably want to talk about Huddy, so, um, yeah, I think, yeah, no, Ryan, a first game that we really seen him go off because this is only, this was only the third game, uh, that we have seen him in the Loyola Rambler outfit and it was great. 22 points in 22 minutes, no less. Um, I'm going to have to talk about free throws are great to see go down. We shot 75% as a team. I think from where we've come, I think I'm going to like that 70 to 70 is nice. 75 is where I'd like us to stay. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, again, three out of four chances. That's a really good, nice to be in. Um, so I really love seeing that. Um, a few things again, um, we're going to talk about it, but not a lot of big rebounding, especially from what we distinguish as our big guys. Um, so that's something we'll talk about how we kind of got out rebound, but there's other reasons why we think, um, and then as well as, um, I would, I love that our turnovers are kind of hopefully consistently staying at no more than 10, but we are at 12 to this game. So a little interesting, but again, I think our guards did great on defense, which we'll talk about, but really the big storyline here after the first two games was Huddy. I think, I think this was a game for him to get comfortable, um, and to use Chicago state as the team to try stuff out. Um, I think that was one of the biggest things. Um, and early on, uh, that's really what, um, it was, uh, cause if you think about it, uh, I don't even think, yeah, Huddy played, yeah, sorry, no, it was kind of early on, really just split, right? So early on in the first half, Huddy got the ball, he only played nine minutes in the first half, um, but he put up seven, seven points, three or four, and one for three from field goal, uh, from free throw, right? And then the second half, he only played eight minutes, but put up eight points. Because if I recall in the second half, Huddy was really getting the ball. Drew was really trying to say, hey, I need to run plays through Huddy and we need to see if they can work. And I think I'm fine with that definitely in a game like this. This is when you need to try stuff out because something we'll talk about is there's a team uh, that's got a Spartan as a mascot that we'll be playing this week that's got some big guys, right? Mm-hmm. And we're going to need to see, can we push it down low? Does Huddy even feel comfortable, right? Like that that's a fair question to even ask because it's like, we're going to need him to be ready uh, to be able to compete and to be able to fight uh, down low in the post. Again, we've seen Chris Knight in some games so far. Felt really comfortable. Um, Tom Welch even feels a little bit comfortable. I think Tom Welch and Chris Knight both are a little bit more athletic down low. But Huddy was really great to see grab that kind of big scoring game that he hasn't had in really ever. Uh, maybe the I, I think maybe he might have gotten some buckets in the Illinois State game last year or the St. Francis game. But the biggest thing here is just the amount of effort that we're putting through to get him comfortable is really big. 15 points is not a joke against um, anyone, and being 7 of 9 from field goal, I think, is great. Um, absolutely. Uh, anything you got, Buck? Uh, just, yeah, like like you said, you hit it on the head. Uh, build him some confidence and then let him have that. I, I wanted to see him play more just to get those legs under him, just even like 20, 25 minutes. But uh, still big for him. Um, I don't think we really – ever expect him to play more than 20, 25 minutes. I, I could be wrong. It's season's still pretty young here, but, um, that seems to be like where he's headed for, uh, for the rest of the season. Um, yeah, I, I, it was interesting. Chris Knight had some foul trouble, which was a bit of a bummer. He had had two really good games for us. Um, this game, he scored the ball well. He just couldn't stay on the court long enough to be able to score. Uh, he did foul out, which was kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, other than that, the, the one thing, uh, we were talking about was rebounding, um, and how we actually did get out rebounded in this game. We lost a rebound battle 32 to 30, 
But um, it that's not kind of the whole story. Um, we did cause 26 turnovers, so that's excellent. I honestly can't remember. I would have to go back and look, but I can't remember seeing a number that high um, that we've caused that many. Um, and so when you cause turnovers, the offense isn't or the other team isn't going to have the opportunity to miss shots. So like even if they would have had half of those, right, like 13. And say they miss, I don't know, 10 out of 13. That's still 10 other opportunities for us to like, you know, get a rebound. So, um, that's a little deceiving there. Uh, I actually thought Chicago State was a very good rebounding team. Like that's not even, I'm not trying to take anything away from them, uh, from rebounding. They all, like their whole team rebounded. They had some really tough, like, uh, loose ball rebounds. They had some offensive rebounds. So, uh, they are a pretty good uh, rebounding team. So um, it seemed like we kind of held our own um, and excelled in other ways. So uh, I would like, yeah, I, I think just overall it was, it was a good game. Um, I thought we did play well. Um, I thought our defense looked pretty good. Um, the second half, they just started chucking threes and making them. And there was probably a couple, like literally two, that there, I remember one like specifically where Marquise Kennedy lost this guy and the guy had a wide open three. And then I think there was another one where they didn't switch properly. Uh, I think it was like Uguak and maybe like Keith Clemens or something, but they didn't switch properly and, and again, wide open three. But for the vast majority, like four or five of the other three pointers, like just kind of chuck ups or step backs or whatever. And honestly, like at that point in the game when you're up that many, I, doesn't really bother me. Um, so for that reason, I honestly think the game wasn't even, shouldn't have even been that this close, but um, they did make them. So props to them for making the shots. Um, all in all, uh, I think it was a good game. I'm happy that we play Chicago state and not a division two team. Um, and it's nice to give the Chicago teams those games. Uh, it's easy for everyone involved. So, um, our guy, uh, or my guy, I guess, St. Thomas, came off the bench, played 17 minutes, had six points, three rebounds, two assists. Um, I always love seeing him play. Uh, I would just say, hey, St., let's not take five threes. Maybe take two, and the other three, let's let let's drive to the hoop. Let's work on those, uh, those uh, finishing moves around the hoop, because I think that's where he's going to be a little bit more useful. So, um, Lou, any, any other thoughts about Chicago State? Or uh, any of the bench. We really didn't talk about a lot of the bench guys, so I don't know if you have any other thoughts about well, the bench guys. Yeah, I think Ryan just covers the bench <laughs> when you yeah. think about it, right? Um, and I think that's just a matter of trying to get familiar. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it was Keith's first game back. We definitely didn't expect him to play much, especially coming off injuries. Not like he was suspended or anything. He's coming off an injury, so it's not like we're going to rush him into anything. And, again, we saw that with the UIC game. Mm-hmm. Um, I really think the biggest story for me is – is that I was watching some of the clips and it's like, I think Lucas, um, with five assists, two or maybe even three of assists were straight to Jacob, kind of a pick and roll. Jacob was wide open on down low and then drive to the hoop and dish it right at the last second. Um, so really loving that. Then uh, we saw a lot of those dunks off of steals, right? We saw here dunking mm-hmm. a few times. So a lot of those, and I think actually there should have been a few more assists. We did talk about this, how we think they just like didn't count assists because, hey, there was a few more dribbles, right? So, oh, a here dribble yeah. two more times, and that wasn't an assist for 
for like I think Marquise only had yeah Marquise only had one assist. I'm pretty sure he stole it a few times and should have gotten maybe a a few more assists there. But overall, I think it was really nice to see this game be a little bit more of hey we can try stuff out. And again, maybe this is a reason why Ryan was able to show out because it was a game where it's like hey let's see what fits and Ryan seems to be fitting well. Only thing I'd like to see, especially um, something we didn't see too much this past weekend, but I. Just because I think we're a team relying on a big, I don't want us to be relying on one position only. Like, I don't want us to be, oh, we're only a shooter's team. And we, we are getting comfortable being a shooter's team. But you live and die by the three, you can die by it, which is a tough thing, right? So mm-hmm. seeing Jacob, which you noted, and then Chris got, CK got into foul trouble, so let's hope he doesn't do that. But And then Tom Wells, seeing them play a little bit more in games like this um, would have been great, right? Jacob only at 17 minutes, Tom only at 17 um, Chris only had six because of foul trouble, but if both Jacob and maybe Tom could have gotten maybe 20 minutes. And then also I'd love to see some maybe Jacob and Tom out there a lot more, mm-hmm. or even Tom, Jacob and Chris. I don't know. I would just like to see the big men get comfortable being out there. And, again, I think Huddy got comfortable. I just would like him maybe a little bit longer, like you said. I 100% agree. I think a few more minutes could have done him a, l- a little bit more experience, especially this, for this week coming. But, yeah, yeah overall, again, I, I think we nearly joked – Nothing we make fun of. Chicago State's a good team. I just didn't realize how big the score was. I was like, oh, yeah, we won against Chicago State, and I think UIC was fresh in my head. And I was like, oh, we won by over 30 points. Okay. Yeah. Um, forgot about that. And it was like, okay, well, that's good that it wasn't the only thing to talk about because we had UIC. So I think it was a good game, definitely a game to try things out, and a good game just to really see how other people can fit because a lot of guys played in this game. and. Uh, even Will, again, got a shout-out Will Alcock, got in there. Mm-hmm. Um, tried to shoot a three, didn't make it. I'm going to be hoping he makes more threes uh, come soon, but we, we'd love to see it. Shoot or shoot, you know, Will, you got to keep shooting for sure. Yeah. I think for every shot he gets a beer, and for every make <laughs> he gets he gets two beers. So Yeah, that's option word. I like it. Encourage him to shoot. Um, but, yeah, yeah, overall, good game. Uh, the final score of that game was 92-56. Uh, in favor of our Ramblers. Moving on to the next game of the week, which um, was definitely uh, closer. Uh, closer, I would say, as well as more competitive and uh, just kind of overall more fun, was against UIC uh, this past Saturday. UIC, UIC came up to Genteel to, to play our Ramblers, and uh, they gave us a fight. Um, it was pretty close at halftime. Uh, UIC led, I would, I'd say like most, like a lot of the first half. And then finally we were able to scratch and claw, get some stops, get a couple easy buckets. And I think a big three right like before half. Yeah. Tate made a three to put us up 31 28 with uh, a minute, a little over a minute left. And then we ended up going up by two with, uh, uh, going into halftime. So, um, and then from there, it was there was some more fighting as well. Uh, it wasn't until like the 12 minute mark or 13 minute mark that we we took the lead again, uh, and then we went up pretty pretty steadily uh, until right around like five or six minute mark left when they came back and they were only down I want to say six or eight, I think eight maybe. Uh, but we uh, decided to start making a lot more shots and get more stops, and we ended up winning 80 to 63. So it's a long way of saying it was a competitive game, and there was uh, some times in there where I was sweating, uh, sweating bullets for sure. Um, but 
We had another huge game from Ryan Schwieger coming off the bench, again scoring 22 points, which is just super impressive. Uh, we had a huge game, I think. I honestly, like, even though Ryan Schwieger scored 22 points, I kind of want to give the gold star to Tate Hall. I'll talk a little bit about him later, but also had an excellent game, played 30 minutes, 8 points, 8 rebounds, 2 steals, and a block. Um, and then as for our starters, uh, Lucas had a great game, 16 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists. Uh, he played 39 minutes, which is a uh, topic of conversation that we're going to talk about here in a minute. Um, Braden probably played like uh, three-fourths of the game, and we thought maybe he was, I don't know, not fully present, and then decided that he was going to score 12 points in like, what do we decide? Eight minutes. That's eight minutes, yeah. yeah. And just like looked like a completely different player out there. Um but uh otherwise uh it was it was kind of a seven man rotation for this game. Um I guess you could even you could even say six, I guess. Um but Uguak, Kennedy, Braid Norris, Lucas Williamson, Ryan Schwieger, and Tate Hall played the vast majority of minutes. Uh Huddy did play seven, but that was and, and Saint played four, but everyone else, uh Tom, Keith and Chris Knight played played very few. Um uh personally, um I think it was a, it was a, what I walked away from the game thinking was they won in a different way than they had so far. Um, you know, the, the, I would say that, you know, the Coppin State and the Chicago State games, those are tough. They're just blowouts, right? Like they were, there was not really competitive most of the game. Florida Gulf Coast, I thought, you know, that was the game I think where both Welch and Chris Knight had excellent games. So they scored like double digits, I think both of them. Um, and I was like, oh, cool. You know, our, our big guys are, are pretty good you know that's that's some depth there and this game was all guards and forwards really um and it was just for me that was my takeaway was like oh okay cool we won in a different way and good teams i think can win in in multiple ways um but lou what was your what was your takeaway from the game just kind of thoughts in general about uh, our game against uic yeah, I'd say the first two big things that went really well was our uh, signage from our fans at the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, love seeing the signs. Um, and then the the line at the end chant of saying, hit the red line, made my day. Um, yeah. And uh, what I have to say is just it didn't look like Rambler defense basketball in the first half. It just didn't, right? We're, we, we have set ourselves up recently as a very defensively-minded team and a team that kind of locks down on defense, right? And um, I just I think uh, what we saw in the Florida Gulf Coast game and this UIC game is sometimes we're just giving up a three um, and it's just it really hurts us more than helps us. Um, and it not only hurts us with the three points, but it kind of hurts our like vibe, our morale of like, oh, we just did something great. Oh, let's keep going. And then, boom, we give up a big shot. And some of these shots, though, I'll be honest. You and I kept looking at They kept doing these step-back shots, right? They, a lot of their shots mm-hmm. were not in the paint. If, if I looked at it uh, from a UIC standpoint, right, so they 63 points, and I, I believe I looked at this. Yeah, 43 of their points came outside the paint. So only 20 wow. of their points, 10 in the first half, 10 in the second half, came from within the paint. So I was like, again, we I don't know if we saw this in film. You and I ain't watching film, but – so many of their moves were, oh, let me step back, shot, mm-hmm. like step back, or even the three, step back. A lot of this, and it was like, okay, that's what they're doing, and they just were making them more than I wanted to see. But it was just, it didn't feel like really close up, kind of in your face. And we noticed that maybe with the Florida Gulf Coast, again, was it Dunn, who just went off on us. We we, mm-hmm. we weren't really in their face. 
Um, and again, I understand there's a concern of, oh, they might beat us then if we're too close up. But hey, if they're if they're if their definition of ball is like we're just going to shoot everything around the paint, I think we could be step up a little bit closer. And maybe that's why again you saw, and I think that is why we only saw Huddy score, uh, or sorry, only play seven minutes. Right? You mm-hmm. wanted that small ball lineup who's quick. Um, and again, I don't know if Huddy's defined himself as a quick guard. I'm not saying, or not guard, she's center. Crutwick was not a quick guy on defense either. When we, when we had, we're going to need Huddy when it comes to, um, uh, Missouri State, when it comes to you and I, when it comes to even SIU with their big boys, right? When it comes to a team that is running offenses through big guys, that's when we're going to need them. But mm-hmm. UIC was running quick and they're moving quick with these quick step backs and there's a little hesitation. So it made, it made sense to me. Um, again, kind of crazy, Huddy. Seven, seven minutes, but eight points. But that was really a big takeaway. I was like, ah, dang, I, w- I want to see our defense tighten up a little bit because our offense is there. I think we know how to handle, hey, we're down, what? I think we were down eight at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, okay, we're down. We're not out, right? We, we, we gave UIC the first five buckets. It was five nothing. Um, and then they went up, I think. Yeah. If I look at this really quick, five. Yeah, nine points. It was nine points. It was yeah. 23 to 14 with seven minutes left in the first. So it was like, hey, what are we doing? And we collected ourselves. I'm pretty sure there was a timeout. Uh, there wasn't. But, hey, you know what? I think this team is a team that, hey, we can go down, and we're not going to count ourselves out because you got plenty of veterans that know what to do. I just think getting that defense together, letting guys just shoot shots for the sake of it, isn't really going to help us because you're going to get some of these teams who make more shots than these teams we've played in the past. So that's the only real thing. Um, I think his biggest takeaway is it went, Drew went small, right? He went with the six-man rotation kind of, and it really prevailed. It worked really well because I think he realized he needed to run, uh, get out there, move the pace of the ball a little bit more. There were times where it's like, hey, maybe we can take it back. But Drew's learning. It's, it's the second full week as a head coach with games. So I expect him to mess up a few times there and I expect him to come up with something brilliant because he knows these guys well. So I think it's a matter of understanding what his tempo is um, because I think Porter has his and we're now in a new era and this isn't Porter's team. This is Drew's team. So I think the UIC game really was a good game to have before Michigan State. I, what do you think, Buck? You You said it was or was not? Was. Oh, absolutely was. Yeah, I definitely think it was good as well. Um, you know, I like they challenged us. They really did. They gave us a run for our money. Um, I think it was good that we were losing for a little bit. And I think it was good. Drew had to make some changes. I mean, you know, from playing Huddy, like Huddy wasn't in foul trouble this time and he didn't play much in the second half. Um, same with like Tom Welch and Chris Knight. I, the one thing, I think Tom Welch might, so he's, I know he's nursing like a thumb injury or a hand injury or something. I kind of wonder if it acted up a little bit on Saturday, because Tom Welch, this was actually the game where I thought, well, like looking at UIC's personnel, like the guards and forwards, I thought Tom would have actually been like a really good matchup um, as like the big guy, but we don't always know what they're dealing with like health-wise. So that, that was the only surprising thing for me. Um, but the, the kind of the bigger discussion I wanted to have, which, um, stems from me reading Rambler Mania was the very big differences of opinions about like how Drew coached in this game. Um, there was everything from like, 
oh, he only played six guys. Lucas Williamson's playing 39 minutes. Why isn't he, like, using a lot of his bench? Uh, this He'll learn, like, he's not doing a good job. He's mismanaging the team. To everything from that to, like, oh, wow, this is really impressive that Drew realized that UIC is a shorter team and we have more experienced and stronger big guy or stronger guards and forwards. So let's run out with a lineup where our center is either Uguak or Tate Hall. So I like personally, I'm I lean a little bit more toward the I think Drew did a good job. Um, but it was just kind of interesting for me because like I didn't even think about the fact that there could be like that big of a difference of opinion. Um, like I get it. I understand that like. In a game against UIC, Lucas Williamson probably shouldn't play 39 minutes. That's that's probably fair. But if you look back on our games, Lucas hasn't played more than like I don't. I mean, in the Florida Gulf Coast game, he might have played 30 minutes. But other than that, he didn't play 20 minutes against Chicago State, and I really doubt he played 20 minutes against Coppin State. So you know, these guys are ready to go. Like this is this is the time of the season where your legs feel great. Like they're playing every third or fourth day. Um, so like that didn't bother me. Uh, and I personally, like, I thought it was impressive that he's like, Hey, Ryan Schwieger, you're new to this team. You're a transfer. I have trust in you. Like the ball is in your hands. You go get us buckets, right? Like, especially like a transfer from the Ivy league who, yeah, the Ivy league's not a bad, a bad conference, but it's, it's not a great, like, it's not one of the top 10 conferences, um, for him to say, go get us bus- back at, wow, oh my gosh, I can't talk, I'm so excited, baskets in a, a multitude of ways, like, he was driving to the hoop, he was getting to the free throw line, he had two threes, um, I just thought it was impressive that Drew had that kind of confidence in him, and the other guys around him had that confidence in him, there was no, like, jealousy, no one was taking any bad shots that I can remember, um, so I personally think that Drew saw that and was like, hey, Huddy, we're going to need you to sit on the bench for a little bit here, bud. Like, this isn't your matchup. This isn't your game. We want to play Ryan and Tate more. Um, so I, I I liked it um, personally. But, Lou, I, I know you had a little bit of a different opinion just about, like, about how Drew's doing and how he's, like, going to do throughout the season. So what was your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think um... – yeah, so I like Drew a lot. I don't think he's doing anything bad. I don't think he's doing, oh, my God, he's the best coach ever, right? He's learning what it takes to be a head coach, but he knows these guys. He's been around these a lot of these guys, so I think he knows. Um, I, I think we got to let him try stuff out. We gotta, He's got to see if Huddy can work, right? And that's what he did maybe in the Chicago State game. He's got to see what these new guys in Ryan Swieger do. Um, so – um, I, I have no problem with him going small, uh, of a six man rotation. Cause sometimes that's what works. Uh, there are plenty of teams that sometimes like, only go to their guys. And like you said, I think this was probably the toughest game and the, the only game so far where guys need to play a lot of minutes. Like, I, I think one of the biggest one there is Braden Norris, right? 34 minutes, but his last eight minutes was when he started to score. So he was there for much more than just scoring, right? So, um, and again, Keith could have played potentially, right? But Keith wasn't fully ready. So you're not going to put Keith in there. Um, so, and then Chris Knight, maybe it's the foul trouble that maybe caused concern for putting him in because you need to be aggressive on defense, but you can't be just fouling everyone. So I think Drew's got to really try some things out, which I think he is. So for anyone to be like, oh, he's doing something brilliantly or for someone to think that he's doing poorly is just kind of crazy. 
He's showing himself that consistency is what he's doing. Um, and then I think he knows that, hey, the defense needs to tighten up. He said that maybe jokingly in the exhibition game, right? He said, hey, I'm the defensive guy. Um, I think it's just obvious. But, again, the biggest thing is that he's getting his own enthusiasm on the sidelines, which I'm watching, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he, he did get looked stared down from one of the refs, which one of the horrendous calls I saw this weekend. Um, but I think he's learning. Like, I don't – I'm – when people have high expectations for a first-year coach, we got to be honest. This ain't UNC. This isn't Duke. We're n- those those teams have first-year coaches. Well, I guess Duke's is technically next year, right? UNC's is this year. But we want this guy to build his program, so he's got to figure out what works as a coach. This is his fourth game. He's about to go up against, a.k.a. his brother's alma mater, but I can, can nearly consider it his alma mater because he was coached there. Um, so he, he's trying to figure out what works and what he's comfortable doing because he's got to have, Hey, you got three minutes left. Or when we put up those fours for four minutes left, he's got to have a play to draw up. He got, he has to figure out what works in situations. So, um, he, there's so much things that got to go through, which guys should be out there, which guys can shoot a three in this situation, which guys can get me a steal, which guys can get me a stop. Um, I think those are the questions he's trying to figure out. And that's what he's doing with a six man rotation in the UIC game. And I think the biggest question is, I think we're still trying to answer some things like who, who right now could get a stop for you, right? I think we know if we pick and roll right, we can get an open three, right? There's a lot of guys in our team who can find you an open three, but maybe getting a stop on defense when we need it, that's where we need to answer some questions like that. So there's a lot of things to answer. I'm excited that he knew that maybe Huddy and Chris Knight weren't the guys to put in because that's a hard decision to make. Do I think it might have helped? It could have. Right, there were times where what Huddy and Chris Knight and Tom Welch had the, those wide open passes underneath. Right, when mm-hmm. when the big man switches and they're left wide open, I think some of those could have helped. But maybe on the defensive end, he needed guys who were quicker. I don't know. We're not in that room, but I don't think there's any negative flags right now, and I don't think there's oh my god, he's invented basketball things going on right now. I think he's trying to figure it out, and I'm liking the rotations personally right now. I really want Marquise Kennedy staying in there as a starter personally. I think Keith will benefit coming off the bench, but again, with an injury, it's so tough. I think the biggest question mark right now is what's our big man rotation, right? I think mm-hmm. everyone's not 100% sure, and I think it's early in the season to even figure that out. Um, so maybe we'll see that when we talk about Michigan State or when we watch Michigan State because they got some big guys. But I think there's questions to be answered and questions being answered. And it's his first year, <laughs> and he's the youngest head coach in NCAA right now. So I, I don't expect him to really have all the answers, and we're not going to have them. So it's exciting to talk about, though. Yeah, it is. And I, I like like you said, I think I, I do like what he's doing with the rotation so far because I think he's open to anything. Like, there have been times where Huddy, Chris Knight, and Tom Welch are playing, like, the, like 40 minutes together and when they're being effective and when the other team has a big guy. Um, but, like, games like this, then it's, oh, you know, it's it's possible that there's just guards and forwards. So I like that he's flexible is what I'm trying to say. And also I think in the Bahamas this week, um, with three games in three days, you're going to see a lot more of the bench, like no matter what. Even though, like this game wouldn't, they wouldn't, I don't think Drew would play only six guys pretty much over three days this many minutes if, like, he knew, like if it was part of a tournament. So, uh, also, circumstances matter, and these guys had, uh, you know, what, five, five days off until their next game. So, um, uh, it's, it, that's important context, too. So, 
Um, I'm trying to think. I feel like we had one other. Oh, uh, the other point I had was Ugwak. Um, not a great game for him offensively. Only six points. He was three of nine from the field and did miss his only free throw. Um, but he did have eight rebounds and three assists, and he did a good job, I think, of playing pretty big uh, in those lineups where he was, like, the biggest guy on the court. Um, and he had a great dunk. Uh, you know, we, we need to just have a highlight reel of Ahir Ugwak dunks because there's already a full one, and it's only four games into the season so far. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's good for him to have a, a game like this because he's got stuff to work on. He knows he can do it. Um, he knows he can go off for 12, 14, 16 points. Um, but I think it's, it's nice to see that, like, we have confidence in him too. Um, the, the both of us do, or at least I do, that he's going to bounce back and, and have another, another game like he had, uh, so far earlier in the season. Um, but, uh, and hopefully we saw Marquise Kennedy had a little bit of cramping issue, but I do think he, he came back in the game right at the end for the last minute. So I, I'm, I think it's safe to assume he's okay. So just something to keep yeah. an eye on, though. Uh, yeah. No, I think I think something you just hit there was I think one of the storylines of like the guys Ryan going off, of course, is also something we got to think of with this large rotation. A hero got pretty much a bad offensive game, two like three for nine, right? Not great, and they got frustrated. And then Tate Hall had a great offensive game, right? But only eight points. But both the here and Tate grabbed eight rebounds each. Both those eight rebounds are so critical in games. Like, I think of Drake game, right? We're going to need guys to make sure we get the boards because it's just so crazy. And Ahiruguak had two offensive rebounds, and Lucas had three. Like, I don't even remember them, but, like, I know they probably turned it around and were able to kick it out potentially, right? So Mm -hmm. I I would love to actually see a stat if it's like, and I'm going to maybe look at this, like, of those offensive rebounds, how how many led to maybe the, the second chance points, right? Like, that's what it really comes down to. Um, and okay, we had five second chance points. I wish we had more, but it's little things like that really make games like this less stressful and also help us get that W at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually remember one of Lucas's offensive rebounds was right at the end of the game was the last possession, and I think Braden took a three potentially and missed, and Lucas grabbed the offensive rebound, and it was that was it. That was the end of the game pretty much. But um, I do want to mention I, Tate Hall played just one hell of a basketball game. Yeah. Like, he has been huge in so many ways for us already this year at like literally like on the court and also physically. That dude is jacked now. Like that guy has put on tons of muscle. I mean, he is a grown man. Like he's 24 or 25 or I don't know. Maybe he's only 23, but he's, he's definitely a veteran at this point. So keep doing what you're doing, dude. Like it is impressive. And this team needs that. They need that sort of physical bruiser enforcer dives on the ground type of guy and he is just like I'm I'm having a lot of fun watching him play basketball. So um I don't know. Any uh, uh I I do actually I have a last thought if you're okay with that. Yeah, go. So as we're walking out of the game, um <laughs> two different things. So there's uh, I guess there was like a group of I think students, it might have been grads but they had those like um, soccer slash American football or no, sorry, uh, not American football, soccer uh, uh, scarves. Um, and it said U- UIC on it. And there was like two different people just holding them over their heads like they had one and like celebrating. And as they're passing me, <laughs> I, I asked one of the guys, I was like, hey, do you mind if I draw an L on that flag? 
which I thought was really funny. Um, they keep walking, and then there's this other, there's this girl, the same with the scarf as well, and she's like saying it purposely loud so that everyone can hear. It. She goes, "Yeah, who even who even likes loyalist colors? They're garbage anyway. It's burgundy. It's so gross." And I like <laughs> turned to her. I said, "Uh, it's maroon." And was very pointed because if you're gonna make fun of us, like at least. Get our colors right. Like, yeah, burgundy is disgusting. I agree. Maroon is beautiful. So, now that we got that, I, I I really needed to get that off my chest. I don't know if you could tell. No, it's it's hey, it's good to see teams in the city of Chicago wanting to play us, and it gets a rivalry going, right? Mm-hmm. We've kind of been been beaten on UIC for some while. I remember the days where they. Uh, what they didn't, we only, we hit a game winner at UIC with Dante, I believe a few years ago. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's been a quite interesting. I'd love to keep playing them. Um, I think they're a solid, um, non-conference game to have. And again, I reiterate Chicago teams would like to play us. And again, we got to Paul coming okay. up next. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wish there were, uh, play maybe other schools in the nearby in cities nearby Chicago that mm-hmm. would like to play us, but yeah, like what? Evanston would be nice. Yeah, if they had a team. Yeah, you know, if they, yeah, yeah, if they had a team, that'd be good. But hey, we're again excited to get that W when we went 2-0 and again this week, uh, 4-0 in the season. Excited to see potentially a, a new spark on this offense is Ryan. Uh, but again, looking to get, I, I know we're winning big double digits, right? But if we could just tighten up that defense, right? A little bit. Again, we, we only won by 12 Florida Gulf Coast and 17 with UIC, but we want to just make sure we're, getting the defense back in because that's what we're known as. I, I buddies talk about, hey, I like Loyola because they're high defense on Ken Palm. And it was like, I think we're in the fifties we saw, right? So let's mm-hmm. get let's get closer to the top defense team. Yeah, our defense is going to be really important this week when we play in the Bahamas in the tournament uh, in Battle for Atlantis, which um I think we're going to just talk a little bit about uh some of the teams, especially Michigan State, who we kick off the tournament actually against uh, that game is going to be on the 24th, and that is at uh, noon Eastern, so 11 Central. Um, but so the, the or all the rest of the teams in the tournament are Auburn, Connecticut, Syracuse, VCU, Baylor, and Arizona State. So we will play uh, either Auburn or Connecticut uh, in our second round game, and then one of the four. Uh, of the, the last teams in our final game, depending on how we do. Um, so I figure let's just kind of start with Michigan State. Let's talk a little bit about them since we know we're going to play them. Uh, and then we'll talk just a little bit about Auburn or UConn. Um, and then that can kind of be it. Uh, cause then I don't know who we're going to play between the other four teams. Um, so Michigan State, uh, coming into the season, I believe they started off ranked. I think they were like 21 or 22, but in their first game, they played Kansas, I believe, and they did lose that game. Uh, and then they went on to win their next three games. So coming into the matchup, they're three and one. Um, they are returning a few pretty impressive players. Uh, Joey Hauser, who's been there now, I think like three years. Uh, he is, I think he's a, a, he's a senior and I think he's using his extra year of eligibility. I'm pretty sure. Uh, he averaged just under 10 points and five and a half rebounds for them last year. He's a really good shooter. Uh, he can shoot it from three and, uh, obviously he's pretty tall. He's six foot nine and can rebound pretty well. They have a 
point guard transfer from Northeastern who uh, averaged over 18 points, almost 19 points a game for Northeastern last year. And then uh, the other three guys are Max Christie, who is a extremely talented freshman from the area, from uh, from Illinois. Um, Gabe Brown, who's a 6'8 senior, and Marcus Bingham, who is a 6'11 senior uh, center for them. So, um, Lou, I don't know if you, if you have any thoughts just about Michigan State or, or uh, what we can expect from them. I, I, I think you've watched a little bit of them, right? Because you, you're talking to me about Max Christie a bit. Yeah, so I've watched uh, this Michigan State team, know a lot of the names on it. So for reference, we've actually recruited Gabe Brown. Um, Max Christie, of course, we recruited. That's an, actually an Illinois Wolves alum. Um, so some of these teams on the Malik call from coming from Sunrise Christian. So these names are definitely familiar. I think the biggest thing right off the bat is just size. These are not – this I do not see us going kind of small ball for the fact that Gabe Brown sits around 6'7", six, 6'8". Bingham is at a 6'11". Max Christie alone, a guard, is 6'6". Six, six. Malik Hall, another 4'6'7". And then you get to the guard of Hogan, who is 6'3", but then you you talked about Marble, who's 6'8", and then Joey Hauser, 6'9". So, let alone those guys, probably, what, an average height of 6'5", maybe even 6'6". So, I think that's going to be the biggest thing as well. Um, something we were talking about, just the opposite with the UIC, of putting a small lineup out there, right, is we're going to probably need to play big um, this game. And it's really going to be interesting. Or we completely beat them by playing small. I don't know. I just When you look at the team, you're like, oh, these are uh, these are some big guys. And that's something we just got to handle. We definitely have gone up against big teams before, especially Big Ten teams. Um, and I think we've fared well last time we played a Big Ten team. So I think that's the biggest thing coming out of it. Again, a lot of these guys are really big scorers. Um, they've only played, I think, what, four games. And mm-hmm. I think besides the Kansas game, they're, they're, every other game's nearly been um, kind of a, just a relaxing game, right? Yeah, so, well, yeah. I guess but they, they did play Butler, Butler but, but they, they destroyed Butler by 21 points. And so. Butler was out without one of their best players. He got hurt in that game. I got you, yeah. So just, just really an interesting kind of situation. But uh, when you really look at it, Gabe Brown is just really going off hot. Max Christie is doing great, I think, and Bingham as well. So um, it just is really going to be interesting to see what lineups they come out there. Again, I think this this potentially, what if I look at, yeah, when I look at the starting lineup for the Butler game, the smallest guy is their point guard, Ty- Tyson Walker, who's six feet. Everyone else is six, seven or above potentially, right? Yeah. So that's kind of the, one of the biggest things that's just a little like, hey, they got height and we got to adjust to it, right? Which is fine. We, we've been there. I think we're lucky enough. We uh, we we know a coach who knows this coach and their coach, uh, of course, being Tom Izzo. But we got our guy, Drew, who worked under him. Um, you could nearly call him a disciple of uh, Izzo just because he's gone from that program. Um, so I think it's nearly that uh, comfortability that we know things, right? So really going to be interesting. I think Michigan State's the biggest thing to talk about because it's our next appointment opponent. Sorry, but we're also playing in such a really big time MTE, and I'm excited that the Ramblers got their name out there. Um, big teams out there, and including again our new uh, companion in the VCU and the A10. But just love seeing us compete in this type of level. And again, hey, we kind of tweeted it, but all three games are going to be great games. No matter mm-hmm. you're, we win the first one and we play. All three games are going to be against teams who are going to be fighting for top 25. Some of them are already top 25. Some of them are going to be fighting for 
tournament bids at large. So these are this is a really good resume builder tournament, and I think it's really going to dictate potentially what looks like maybe an at large bid if we need it, which I don't think we will. But again, these just build resumes and resumes, and also. They help get you votes in the top 25, which, again, this week we got one vote. Thank you, Dave Preston, always loving our votes. Um, But, again, this is a great tournament to be in, and I'm excited for it come Wednesday. Though I'm not excited, let's be honest, definitely not excited to be having to fight my family for the TV to watch this game. So I'm going to probably be glued (laughs) to a computer come come Thursday, but we'll find a way. We will find a way. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you on that point for sure. Um, I'm going to give you two matchups, under-the-radar matchups. Uh, at least one yeah. of them is under the radar. So whoever – so Max Christie and whoever's playing defense on Max Christie. Because – so like we talked about, they got a tall team, right? It's They got one point guard who – if Brandon Norris is in, Brandon's probably going to be playing defense against the, the shorter point guard, um, whether it's Tyson Walker or A.J. Hoggard. Um, but – then their next shortest guy is Max Christie. And usually, you know, you, we would see someone like Lucas Williamson or, or Uguak on Max Christie because he's so talented offensively. But I don't really know if we can do that. So it might end up being Marquise Kennedy sometimes. Um, if we go smaller, uh, it, you know, it, it might be, um, it, it, it might be Lucas. Like if we're running just either Braden or Marquise at point guard, then that's when you might see Lucas because otherwise, then you got Marquise Kennedy playing defense on a 6'8 Gabe Brown, a 6'9 Joey Hauser, or, you know, one of their guys coming off the bench, Millie Call 6'7. Um, so it's just going to be interesting to see, like, who who's matched up, and that could be a mismatch. Uh, yeah, um, no, you're, you're absolutely right. You're, you're absolutely right. And I'm going to say I don't think he, he could, Drew could do this, but here here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking you're going to see a lot of Ryan Swagger, 6'7 mm-hmm. Ryan. So think about that. Uh, matchups right away, I think Yahir needs to be on Gabe Brown. That just yeah. is a definite, I think. I think Lucas does need to be on Max Christie. I think Lucas can definitely be, even though with the height difference, I think Lucas is the better matchup there. Um, you're going to see Kennedy. Nothing against Norris, but if it comes down to defense, I really, really do think you're going to see Kennedy have to be defending the guard or may think may see something different. Um I think Ryan's gonna be in there. Ryan, you got Joey Hazard at six nine, so Ryan maybe be in there or they're gonna switch off. And this is gonna be the tough one. I think with just Bingham Bingham, you gotta put your boy in Huddy. Yeah, yeah. you have to. It just makes unless you really it, it's gonna be a little cringy, but you could put a here in there, right? We saw a here when Cam went out sometimes, right? We talked about that last year. What happens when Cam came off the court so a here maybe might switch off on like a cage brim, but in this situation, I think Drew's got to let Huddy play. He's got to see if Huddy can do it, and that's fine because again, if if they're funneling their offense through one guy, then hey, we can double team, slide right. down, double team. But you can't leave some of these other guys with a mismatch of enormous difference, right? Because again, we saw we saw that with the UIC game, right? Didn't we yep. see weird weird switches? And it it might not be weird. It just oh, there was a bad switch. Which again, when when the opponent sees that, hey, if we make a switch right now, we're gonna be on the we're gonna be on the good side because we're gonna have a bad mismatch. We're gonna have we're gonna have the upper hand. So we saw that at UIC. You and I called it out. Sometimes sometimes you saw Braden down low, and even saw Kennedy. Kennedy yeah. definitely had a mismatch once, and luckily for his just athleticism, he got up there. And I think I don't think he blocked it, but he contested it at least and made it harder. Yeah. So right away, it's going to be here. It's going to be 
Uh, it's going to be Ryan. I think Ryan, I don't feel confident in his defense or even Tate. Sorry. What am I saying? Tate should be out there. Yep. Tate, I would trust his defense a little bit more than Ryan. And also Tate is showing a lot more aggressiveness to the boards. I apologize, Tate, for not mentioning earlier, but yes, no, Tate definitely should be getting more minutes. I think this game and you, it might not be more for the offensive output, but it would definitely be for, Hey, we need guys crashing boards. I do think that should be an emphasis is that we got to make sure we grab boards because a missed board opportunity could cost us a transition bucket or could cost us a, a moment where it's like, hey, they go on a quick 5-0 run or they go on that 6-0 run that hurts us more than anything, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's going to be – matchups are going to be interesting. And, again, Drew's learning and Drew's trying to figure this out. So we'll see. Again, he might know if Izzo's a big man funnel guy or just he's going to shoot. We'll see. So here's my here's my second matchup, too, that I'm looking forward to. Uh, yep. Their backup big, Julius Marble, who uh, I think is a junior. Yeah, junior. He's 6'8". Um, he's real physical. He's not tall. Well, I mean, he's tall, but he's not, like, ginormous. But he's really big and physical. Um, and he averages around 14, 15 minutes a game, and he gets that really consistently. I'm looking at Chris Knight to match up with Julius Marble, um, kind of as, like, an Andre Jackson, but, like, we've talked about a bunch. But I do think Chris Knight can match up with him physically. So I don't know how that's going to work. Like, as I think Chris Knight potentially has like an offensive advantage against someone that's kind of bigger, a bigger body, um, to maybe pull some quick moves, some pick and rolls to the basket where he can just straight up like beat him to the basket. Um, but that's kind of what I would, I would love to see Chris Knight play like 14 minutes in this game. Um, that's kind of my sweet spot. So. Those are my, like, two matchups. Um, who knows if we end up getting them. But, uh, yeah, I think, I think we, there's some, some matchups for us to, uh, some mismatches for us to explore too, um, with our, our, uh, quick guards and our quicker, like, Lucas Williams and Ahiri Uglock. Those guys are pretty quick. So, um. Yeah, I think with, my one thing with that with Chris Knight, I think offensively you're absolutely right. He did, would have the advantage, I would say, with just being quick. And again, hey, Andre Jackson did a few things being the size he was against bigger guys, potentially also another Big Ten team from Michigan that he, he tried to go to work. Again, we saw maybe some disadvantages because I think he had a little bit of an injury, but hey, if, uh, uh, sometimes a quick, uh, quick stretch forward can really do some damage and help you in the long term. So we'll see. There's a lot of opportunities and a lot of possibilities. I think we're, we're not going to look, I think it's going to be a little, hey, we're, we're trying to figure out what works, right? We're not gonna, we might, we're gonna have a game plan, but I think that game plan is gonna be adjusted over the, the minutes throughout the game, cause it's like, hey, that's not working, let's switch it up, right? And that's mm-hmm. what some of these guys gotta do. They can't, can't rely just shooting threes the whole game. They can't rely just trying to feed Huddy if it doesn't work, right? Maybe they're collapsing mm-hmm. on Huddy, because they don't wanna give Huddy just a bucket and they're gonna force us to shoot threes. So, we're gonna find some things and it's gonna be really interesting, but I'm excited for the, the competition. I'm excited cause I think our guys can definitely compete at this level. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, and uh, speaking of this level, two other teams that are what I would describe as at this level is are, are, are who we could face off of against in the second round, and that's Auburn and UConn. Um, so unless you have any other points again, again no, uh, no, no, let's go. Yeah. So Auburn is the higher ranked. They're number 19 right now. Um, they are coming off. I think they were in the tournament last year. Um, and a final four actually the year after us, I believe, or two yep, years yeah, after. Yeah, that was the Virginia year, yep. Yeah, um, and so they're ranked 19. Um, there's actually just kind of one guy I, I, I have been following and I like a lot. 
His name is Wendell Green Jr., and he transferred from, oh, shoot, where did he transfer from? It was an OVC school, an Ohio Valley Conference school, but uh, he's a sophomore, um, and he went, I think, t- he's from Detroit. Would that be La Lumiere? Or he no, so, like- he went, he, so he went to La Lumiere, uh, yeah. but he's from Detroit. Yeah, so he's from Detroit, went to La Lumiere, which is in Indiana. Um, right. So... But, uh, yeah, no, um, he, he's a talented guard. He went to Eastern Kentucky. Eastern Kentucky, yeah. So I just, like, I I didn't even know he was on Auburn actually until I looked at their roster and looked at their stats, but he's doing really well. He's averaging over 11 points a game. Um, he's, uh, kind of a do it all type guard. Uh, he kind of reminds me of Marquise Kennedy, to be honest. Um, he's only 5'11, so he's not real big, but he likes to rebound and he's a great passer and, I know he's pretty darn athletic, so um, just someone someone to watch if we were to play Auburn. Um, any thoughts for you? Oh, unless uh, do you have the Ken Palm pulled up? Uh, I don't have Ken Palm pulled up, but the big thing for me is that they have Katie Johnson uh, coming from um, coming from Georgia, which is a big thing, mm-hmm. right? And then uh, Jabari um, Smith, uh, from what I remember, if I remember correctly, was kind of a a decent recruit coming out. So again, I think that's the thing is Auburn's been there. Um, they're a winning team and they're a big program. So I think this is be a great matchup as well, potentially after whichever direction we go, if they're there. Um, so it's going to be really interesting. They, um, so Auburn is 29th in Ken Palm, which is kind of interesting. They've only played three games. So that actually might be a part of it. Um, but and not, not too many, not too many big, that's another thing. They haven't really played too many big time teams. And I think to be honest with you, it's because of the level of high stack that this MTE is, is that they knew they'd be playing a lot of tough teams here. Yeah, so Auburn's 29 for reference. We're 34. Um, and then Michigan State is 20. And the other team we might be competing against is UConn, who is number 22 uh, in Ken Palm right now. So, um, yeah. yeah, if you want to talk about them or Auburn a little more. One. Yeah, just the biggest thing. So I was, yeah, J- Jabari Smith was a five-star um, recruit, oh, top wow. ten last year. So yeah, I remember him big time. So just look for him. I think that's gonna be a big thing. Um, I think he's been doing well so far. Second leading scorer on the team, um, I think, or even first. Um, yeah, no, second because KD Johnson came from Georgia. So um, big things just to watch out there. Absolutely. Yeah, um, and then alternatively, UConn uh, is number twenty-two. Um, they are coming in their 4-0 as well. Um, and they have actually beat, uh, a team we have beaten. They played Coppin State after we did, or shortly after we did. And they beat them by 45 points, uh, whereas we beat them by almost 60. So, I mean, you oh, know, okay. it's, yeah. So we're going to win then if we play them. Oh, gotcha. That's exactly how basketball works. Yeah. If you yep. beat a team, then you have to beat the team that, that if you've had a common opponent. But, no, I, I say that, you know, it's grain of salt, right? Like, obviously stuff can change. But just for reference, we did beat Coppin State by more than UConn did. Um, so they're the Big East. Uh, they I'm – I'm looking at their roster right now. Um, no oh, yeah, one really no, – yeah, go for it. No one jumps out to me. So who do you got? Yeah, no one definitely is jumping out. Uh, five guys all scoring double digits. Um mm-hmm. Right, so that's kind of a big thing when you see that they they definitely can find um, scoring through definitely throughout um, their roster. So that's a big thing there. Um, so I think the biggest thing is just with them is they're a big time team. 
Um, and they also got some names out there. They also have an Andre Jackson, which is always funny to see. Um, but again, I think the biggest thing is that they, they shoot their field goal percentage is 50%. So that's really high over four games, right? Shooting are nearly 40% from three. So I think that's the biggest thing is that they're going to rely on, um, just scoring in the paint. Uh, just because I think that's where their roster really goes at. And when you look at their roster, it's just, it got a lot of, a lot of kind of moving pieces. Um, but I think the biggest one is going to be kind of RJ Cole, uh, the graduate, uh, student for them. Um, again, he sat out, he transferred, but again, I think he's having a great time, uh, right now for UConn. So there's a lot. I think the biggest thing is you got, you got four guys, um, Scoring double digits—that that's something you gotta you gotta really watch out for there. They have a very well-rounded team for sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean that's kind of those are the three teams that you know Michigan State we're definitely going to play, and then one of the other two. Um, the only other team that I even want to really mention from the other side of the bracket is Baylor. Uh, I think they're number eight or number nine um, in the most recent poll. Uh, they're number four on Ken Palm, um, and they are the reigning national champions. And, um, I, you know, obviously pipe dream scenario, but like, if we're playing them in the championship, like, I mean, wow, that would be just one hell of a game. And, uh, I hope it, it's just a good game at that point because they are the cream, the creme de la creme, the top of the, the mountain in college basketball right now. You know, they're the reigning champs. So, um, yeah, I, uh, I, I just I think that would be a fun thing to do, but you know there's there's lots of other basketball to be played before that game could potentially happen. So, um, so yeah, I don't know. That kind of unless there's unless you want to talk about anything else from the uh, from the tournament um, from the MTE, that kind of that's kind of all I got. Yeah, I think the one last thing is uh, something you tweeted out. I think is that hey, this is such a very this is gonna be a very very tough tournament. This is gonna be something that we're we're happy to be in. Um, but looking out of the end of it, if we go 3-0, holy cow, I'm very excited for this team. Sign me up, front row seats. If we go 2-1, and one, I'm still going to be very happy for this team. If we go 1-3, and three, very, very happy. I don't really want – I don't think we'll try to go 0-3, and, and I really don't want to see us do that. Um, so we, we got to think about it. everyone, and we should be considered in this, right? Everyone in this MTE is a team who last year was either in the tournament or right – Really, really close to being in the tournament, right? VCU was first team and probably the last team, knock on wood, to ever forfeit NCAA tournament game. So we got names out there and we got the defending champs. So doesn't, doesn't really help the, it's not too bad of an MTE to have those guys out there. So we'll see. Great, great lineup, but I think our boys are ready. Uh, they got the championship mindset according to Drew. So we got it. We got to see it. It's as, uh, as Lucas said, we're going out here for a business trip. This isn't yep. a vacation. They got the right mindset for it. And, uh, this is, this is as good as it gets. Like, this is, this is going to be fun. Um, anyway, uh, hope we get a, a dub or two or three, but, um, this is what we've been waiting for is these big boy tournaments. Uh, and it's, it's here. So, um, I would say Rambler fans, try your best to have fun. Uh, it's going to be stressful. I know I'm going to be stressed out. Um, but, uh, more than anything, just remember, you know, it's, it's Thanksgiving time too. So, Make sure to uh, spend some time with uh, those you love, whether it's friends or family or both, um, or pets. You know, you can always have a good time with your pet at home. So 
I don't know. I, all I'm saying is like put it into perspective, right? Like I'm, I think I'm saying that out loud to myself more than anything else so that I don't end up yelling at the TV over my family during uh, Thanksgiving. So, um, Lou, any last thoughts before we wrap it up here? Yeah, I think the turkey might be uh, on the table if I get too aggressive on the TV on Thursday. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, get that, get those bottles of wine opened up or whiskey or whatever you or you want at your table. Absolutely. Uh, so that's going to do it here from Podcast 63 uh, with Buck and Lou. Thank you all for listening. And always remember, never forget, go Blurs.